Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and I want to continue on our study of the covenants. We're on, uh, uh, what is this, four maybe? We've uh, done Adamic, Noahic, Noahic uh, Abrahamic, and uh, today we'll hit Mosaic covenant. And so I want to pray, and then uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can be in the book of Exodus. We'll be parked there some today. And uh, I'm excited about this covenant. I'm actually excited about the next three because in every one of these, they are just revealing more of the character of Christ, more of the character of Christ, more of the character of Christ, and more of what's coming in this uh, redemptive plan. All these pillars that we said are just, just building my faith and my strength in God. And you're going to see in these next three men, you're going to see in the mosaic, you're going to see that this... Uh, this, this coming Messiah, that, that this seed that we looked at last week in the, in the, in the uh, Abrahamic covenant, you're going to see the seed that was promised through the woman that would crush the head of the serpent is going to come. And he's going to come in several ways and fulfill several offices, that being a prophet, priest, and king. And uh, today we're looking at the prophet. Next week we're going to see the priest. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't have studied ahead because I cannot wait till Aaronic Covenant. Man, man, oh man, oh man. But we're not going to get too ahead today. We're going to get into the, into the law and the mosaic. But uh, man, there's some freedom when you come to the priest. And it's absolutely awesome. And then we're going to see in the Davidic Covenant, we're going to see the king the King uh, that is coming. And so it's just awesome, awesome, awesome. So let's pray and let's dive into the Word. Father, we love You. We thank You so much, God, that You uh, are, are with us. You're with us, God. Thank You, God, that uh, when we couldn't fulfill our part of the plan, we immediately blew it, God. I mean, it didn't take two chapters in the Word of God and we mankind blew it. Couldn't keep one command. And God, immediately in Genesis 3, you start revealing a promise, a promise to us, God, that I will come, I'll come, and I will fulfill this for you, God. God says, I'll come and do, do what couldn't be done. The second Adam will come, and he will fulfill everything the first Adam could not do. And so, God, we just see this so beautifully in the Word of God. Thank you that we are never alone. Thank you that in the battles and the trials of life, that, Lord, are just bombarding us so much, God, that you are, you are with us, God. You're near us, God. You're, 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 you stick closer than a brother. I'm so glad I have a personal walk with you, God. I'm so glad you never stop sending your promise, your presence, and your power to us, God. Thank you that, God, when we blew that covenant of works, God, that you never, God, you never stopped your end of the promise, God. Yesterday, God, as we buried an aunt, God, I felt your presence and I felt your power. God, last week as I buried an uncle, I felt your presence and I felt your power, God. Lord, you're with us, God. You're with us every day. Just like you walked with Adam in the, in the cool of the garden, you're here, God, giving us, you're here with us, God, in the difficult times, in the good times, in the bad times, God. There, I, we'll never be alone, God, because of what the Son of God did. And I'm so glad that, Lord, you've extended mercy and grace to a people who didn't deserve it, God. You brought us into covenant, God. And you have, you, have, you, have, you have shown such great love, God, like Caleb read, God. Lord, nothing...
nothing can separate us now from this great love that is found in Christ Jesus. And oh God, may it become more and more real to us, God, in these days that we're living in. Put us on a firm foundation, God. Establish our comings and our goings, God. Put Christ in us today, God. Christ in us. Let, 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 the, let us see this so well demonstrated, the Word of God living inside of us, God, completely fulfilled. Lord, we love You. We give You the praise. We give You the honor and the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. As we said, the Adamic covenant was a covenant of works. We know that. We've looked at that from the last few weeks. Uh, if you go to the first slide, we know that in the Adamic covenant that we covered, it was a covenant of works. God gave Adam one simple command. It, it, we, we talked about a covenant that you have to have uh, agreement between two parties and, uh, and, and that's so that relationship, God wanted to build relationship with mankind and that's why He cut covenant. We said there's fellowship, there's relationship in that relationship and so He instituted this covenant of works. Adam, you could, of all the trees in the garden you can eat except the one, for when you eat of that one, it will become sin to you. And Adam agreed, and, 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 and if you eat of that, you will die. And Adam agreed to that. Those terms, Adam couldn't keep it. Adam fell, the Bible says, and he was quickly locked outside of the garden. And we remember the slides that we had in previous weeks, how God immediately protected Adam, protected the garden, protected his glory. He put uh, out, he banished Adam and Eve outside. And we know he put that flaming sword. Uh, and we're going to see that next week, something he does uh, beautifully in the priesthood. He, that, that flaming sword, which we know is the word of God, it protects it protects the garden there. It protects mankind. And we know that uh, it just, it, 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 that, that to keep and get back to where he needed to get back to, he would have to keep the entirety of God's word. And then the cherubim there that are guarding the mercy of God, we know that they would allow you back in there. But no man can keep the entirety of the word of God. And, and so, so he was going to fail at that. He's a sinner. And, and he's come short of the glory of God. So God immediately on the other side of that covenant like a two-sided coin is a, he instituted a covenant of grace the Noah Noah Noahic covenant where God was going to say all right you have sinned but but my grace is going to come to you and my mercy is going to come to you and so Noah here's what I want you to do I want you to build an ark and I'm going to put you inside of this ark and whoever will come inside of this ark and I'm going to buoy you up I'm going to flood the old world of sin because they had spread out. They had filled the earth. They were becoming increasingly wicked. All the heart thoughts of the heart of man were evil and wicked. So God says, I'm going to flood the entire covenant, the entire old, uh, old uh, uh, world here of sin and filth and degradation. And, and, and whoever is in the ark, I'm going to extend my grace. And this time it's not going to be man keeping his end of the bargain. This time, if you'll come into the ark of safety... I'm going to rise you above the floodwaters. I'm going to rise you above all of that. And I'm going to bring you out into new beginnings. And eight souls come out in a new world, in new beginnings. Kind of like what Jesus did with the blood of Jesus. I'm going to flood out and, and, and cancel out all the sin of your old life. And I'm going to bring you into a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away. And behold, all things become new. And it's 
is. God, not going to be you keeping your end of the bargain. I'm going to keep it for you. And I'm going to buoy you up and, 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 and with my grace. And so we see this beautiful covenant of grace. And that was one covenant, really. We said that it just was a continuation. And then we come last week to the Abrahamic covenant. And it was a, and it was a brand new covenant. And it, and it was a, all about the seed. All about the seed. Because we see that in Adam, we sinned. And that, and, and that immediately he's banished outside of the garden. But God says something so beautiful. Immediately, it didn't thwart the plan of God because before the foundation of the world, God had a plan. And so we see that God all the way over time, I don't know why He chose to do it this way, but He chose over a long period of time to take these covenants and reveal you to you His character through the Word of God. These seven pillars that He's building into the Word of God and showing you a little bit more of the plan of salvation, a little bit more of the character of God all throughout time of these covenants that are just really, really building a foundation. And immediately in Genesis 3.15, He says, okay, you have fallen, you have sinned, but here is my promise. There is coming one from the woman and He is going to crush the head of the serpent. He is going to destroy the power of Satan. He's going to destroy the works of darkness. The first Adam could not do this, but the second Adam will come and He will crush all the powers of hell. Amen? And He's going to come from the seed of Abraham. And so we see this man called Abraham last week and we see this covenant that comes all pointing to Christ. All pointing to the seed, even though it was gonna, even though the promised seed was gonna come from Abraham. And we remember what he said. If you look up, the promise is always there. Abraham, if you're on the mountaintop and you're all, we saw this. We saw eight comings to Abraham. God continued to come with his presence, with his power. Eight comings to reveal the covenant, to reveal Christ. We see that he's coming there and he's revealing to Abraham a little bit more of himself until the point that the Bible says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He believed in the Christ child and in the seed to come, the Bible says. And so here he is and all of a sudden we went through that. If you look into the heavens, your descendants are going to be as many as the stars of heaven. So Abraham, when you're happy and you're on the mountaintop, look up, my promise is there. Abraham, when you're down in the dumps and you're going through a trial and everything's not going right and you buried two of your relatives and all these things are not going well and you're looking down in the dust and your head's hanging down my promise is there as the sand as the as the as the dust of the earth many as the dust of the earth as you see my promise is still before you i through my seed am going to have many descendants that are going to fill the earth the whole earth is going to be blessed because of you and because of this seed coming and then he said if you look out onto the seashore if you're just having a day where you just say, what's, in the, what's now and what's on the horizon? When you look out on the seashore, my promise is there. If you look up, you look down, because, it, because as many as the sand of the sea, he says, my promise is still before you. The seed is coming and it's going to crush the head of the, of the serpent and it's going to come. And we saw that last week. We saw that through they tried to thwart the, make the promise themselves with Hagar and then we see that, 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 that God says, no, Abraham, I told you. I'm going to give you and Sarah. I'm going to wait till your womb's dead and it's impossible. Then I'm going to have my seed come into, uh, into uh, you're going to have a baby and it's, his name's going to be Isaac and he's going to be the promised 
seed. And we see later that Christ comes from this lineage. But And, and the same way, God says, hey, it looks impossible, but I'm going to place my seed into a, a virgin. And, and she's going to and she's going to conceive and bring forth a child and he will be called Jesus and he'll save the world from their sins. And so we know he established the nation of Israel uh, and with Abraham. And we know that we saw into the distance the new covenant that's coming that from that seed uh, and we know it happened on the cross that he crushed. He crushed the powers of hell and, and, and did exactly. And all the world is blessed, not just because of Abraham, but because of Christ. Amen. That has come and saved the world. And just like Abraham left, uh, 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 left his father and had to go to this foreign land and leave everything and go into the earth, God said to his son, I want you to leave everything. I want you to leave me and I want you to go into an earth and you're going to possess that earth. That earth is going to become your inheritance. It's going to become... Uh, you're you're, you're gonna you're gonna win them back for me and so we saw that in the seed but today we want to talk about and in the next few weeks we're going to talk today about the mosaic and there'll be certain offices that are going to come from this seed uh, that 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 this messiah that's going to come that he needs to fulfill and one of those today in the mosaic covenant is prophet and because moses was a prophet and then we're going to see next week in in the aaronic covenant that god institutes priesthood and we're going to see that that Messiah has to be a priest. He's not only a prophet, he's going to be a priest. And then also we're going to see in the Davidic covenant that he's going to be a king. So these covenants are incredibly important to understand. And so let's dive into this one today. Now, when you break down the book of Exodus, there's three divisions that you're going to see in the book of Exodus. And the first chapter is the one that most people preach out because it seems to be the most exciting. But I hope today we're going to preach out of the second two and you're going to be more excited than you think about the second two that often get neglected. In the first chapters, chapter 1 through 18, we have these amazing deliverance that takes place. Moses, the Bible says, comes in and he, and he tries to deliver the people of Israel out of bondage. We know that. And he does it uh, in his own flesh. He does it in his own strength. And he goes in and makes a mistake and he kills a, uh, uh, an Egyptian, one of his uh, Egyptian brothers there. And, and who's having a fight with one of his Hebrew brothers there. And, and all of a sudden, we see what begins to happen. And uh, Moses uh, gets found out. He has to flee into uh, the desert. And he winds up staying in the backside of the desert where all great people normally have to flee and have a lot of things stripped out of their life. If you haven't gone there or you're a new believer, just get ready because you need to go to the backside of the desert where God deals with you. And God deals with the flesh. And God kills a lot of things over there and you come out of that place leaning on your beloved and you then are able to become a deliverer and do the things that God really called you to do because you're not doing them now in your power or strength, you're doing them in the power of God. Amen? So the wilderness is not such a terrible place that we all, but we all seem to try to avoid it, don't we? And so... Uh, this wilderness in chapters uh, 1 through 18, you see that. You see that uh, the tempted deliverance. You see 40 years in the desert. You read about the burning bush or the burning thorn bush that God calls Moses out of and speaks to Moses out of, arrests his attention and, and gets his attention and calls him and sends him forth. We see the Red Sea opening for these uh, uh, Egyptians and the miracle like the song we just sang. Hold him back the waters. 
Yeah, we, we see this. We see those things. We see water out of a rock. We don't have anything to drink. Moses, you brought us out here to die. Boom, here comes water out of a rock. We see these miraculous things. And that's why people love to preach on these verses. That's why we can get people stirred up. And, and yeah, God is awesome. And man has fallen from heaven. And all of these things. But then you come to chapter 19 through 24. And all of a sudden, it doesn't get so exciting. Because here we have theology that's going on. And here we have Mount Sinai. And here we have the Mosaic Covenant that begins to come forth. And it just kind of seems boring. And we yawn. And we skip those chapters. And we don't read them. But today I think you're going to want to read them. And I think you're going to want to see a lot of exciting things found in this Mosaic Covenant. The giving of the law. The giving of the Word of God here. And then you come to chapter 25 through 40. The last part of Exodus and all of a sudden you have another yawner, the building of the tabernacle. Who wants to hear about an old tabernacle in the wilderness? We're going to camp there and blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to tell you something. When you see it, when we open it up today, when you see it with covenant theology, all of a sudden it's going to be absolutely brilliant. It's going to be amazing and you're going to love it. It's going to be interesting. So let's dive in to these last halves of the book of Exodus and let's look at this Mosaic covenant. Now what is interesting is the word Sinai, Sinai in the Hebrew means thorn bush. It means thorn bush. It's the same thing that Moses encountered in a thorn bush in a desert. So God all of a sudden is in the wilderness with Moses and he's going to arrest Moses' attention. Now he brings the people of God out into another wilderness to a mountain and now, all of a sudden, with a new thorn bush, he's going to arrest their attention. Okay? He's going to arrest the people of God, an entire nation. First a man in the wilderness, now he's going to arrest an entire nation on this mountaintop. He's going to meet with them. He's going to meet with his people here. And God gave Adam uh, 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 one law back in the garden. And Adam couldn't keep that. So now we're going to see the giving of the law and we're going to have 613 laws that are going to come forth. If Adam couldn't keep one and rescind it on that, why in the world is God going to give us 613? right here and so we're going to answer that question today we're going to see that in the mosaic covenant that there is this eternal covenant that is declaring that the word of god is holy and it's righteous and it will last for all of eternity this is what he is establishing here he is establishing he's laying the foundation that god's word is eternal this book is eternal it's not jesus is just coming fulfilling it and it's passing away no heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never ever pass away it's eternal. If it passes away, Jesus has to pass away. Because what did He say about Himself in John 1.1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among them, and they beheld His glory, the only glory of the begotten Son of God, who is full of what? Grace and truth. And so... If you do away, if he just comes to fulfill the word, do away with it, and then says, all right, that's done, check, the Father is pleased, and then he's done away with. But that's not what God is doing here. God is establishing his word forever. 
eternally. Forever. And here is the giving of the law. And we're going to see Moses go up this mountain several times. Come down this mountain. Go up this mountain. Come down this mountain. Go up this mountain. Come down this mountain. And there's some very, very important things that are going on here as they're camped at this mountain for about a year. And so here we go. Here's the giving of the law. Exodus 24 and 7. Let's talk about covenant. And he took the, bread, the book of the covenant and he read it to the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Yeah, right. Now out of all the covenants, there's not another declaration like this except in the new covenant from the Son of God. We accept all your words and we're going to obey them, which is humanly impossible because they're already sinners. Okay? They can't. And so, so, so he's taking them up this mountain and he's going to establish, he's saying, I'm establishing the Word of God as an eternal entity so that anybody who puts their trust in God's Word is guaranteed that God hasn't changed His mind in 2021. I'm making a covenant that I'm going to show you my Word is established forever. That, that, that Brad Lindsay, if you need something out of my Word because it's just getting overwhelming, I'm going to tell you something. I'm guaranteeing that in 2021, the same promises are true for you that were true for Abraham, that were true for Isaac, that were true for Jacob. You can go into this book now and if the world lasts another 10, 1500 years, you'll be able to go in this book and you will know that this is eternally secure. This is the Word of God. Amen. And in each generation, they have the same privilege that no matter what the devil vomits are out, what kind of filth in the earth, they can guarantee that God has not changed His mind from this. God has not changed His mind. No matter what happens, it will sustain you in every trial. It'll say nothing can separate you from the love of God. But what about this, God? I don't care. Nothing can separate. But I'm being persecuted. Nothing can separate you. But I'm going to be burned at the stake tomorrow. Nothing can separate you. This Word is established. That's what He's doing here because it's an eternal Word of God. Moses, I'm doing something on this mountain. I'm going to show you you're going to see Christ in it and you're going to see the fulfillment of an eternal covenant built into these covenants are going to come till you get to the last one and it's like boom Woo! it's all done and so 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 should the Lord tarry the same privilege Jesus is the word and it's not going to fall away it's not going to be done away with he's eternal and in every situation, we have the power of God's Word. In every situation. And so here's some of the stuff that happens on this mountain. Look at Exodus 19, 18. I want you to see kind of three, three different scenarios and what God is demonstrating here and what He's doing here in this covenant. Exodus 19, and here's what it says in verse 18. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke. 
because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. There's this great shaking going on. And when the voice of the trumpet, verse 19, sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him in a voice. And the Lord came down in verse 20 upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses to come up to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. Now, why did God give this amazing demonstration of this power? Why the mountain quaking? Why the dark clouds? Why the thunder and the lightning? Why the long trumpet blast going on? Why is he doing this? Well, look at verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto you in a thick cloud, then that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. And Moses told the words of the, uh, of, of the people unto the Lord. Here's what God is doing with this, with this fearful display of power. God's intention in coming down to the mountain like this is when I speak, I expect you to believe me. And when I speak to Moses and Moses comes and speaks to you, you better believe what he's telling you. And when the preacher who's preaching my word from the pulpit speaks, I don't care if you like him or not, you better believe what he's telling you. And when you read the scriptures for yourself, you better believe these are my words. Because what did Adam do? One command. And Adam gives up his position of being without sin. One command, John. And he doesn't believe it's God. One, that it's eternal. One command. And he, and he gives it up. One, one, just one command in the presence of God. And he gives up being in the presence of God. He gives up uh, being without sin in that place. And, 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 he, and he held God's word lightly. Did not hold on to it as an eternal thing. You know, it evolves over time. Like we're so smart today. You know, it used to say this about marriage between a man and a woman, but man, did God really say? Well, I thank God. Well, that's not the way I read the Scriptures. My interpretation of the Scriptures is this. And so, Adam was told, and by the way, why does everybody want to hear a I mean, how many prophets did we have come tell us that there was going to be a great red wave? In the last days, I'll speak to you through my son. Right? What's wrong with this? If somebody does speak for God, back it up against this, the eternal Word of God. If it comes to pass, listen to them. I thought we all had clarity of vision in 2020. Sure didn't seem to have a lot of clarity of vision, but if you were in this, you've got some good clarity and vision. And so here's what he says. He tells Adam, I want you to dress the garden. I want you to keep it. I want you to keep it organized. And what he's saying, I want you to keep things in perspective. And to keep it means to guard it, protect it, keep it safe, and to observe covenant. 
To, that's what it literally means. To guard it in the Hebrew. To guard it, to protect it, to keep it safe, and to observe covenant. In other words, God had, had given to him the power and the equipment that he needed to fight for this. He needed to take hold of God's Word, Adam did, and he did not equate God's Word as being God, and, 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 and he heard the words, and, and, and he didn't hold on to them eternally. And we hear the Word, we hear preachers preach, we read the scriptures but we don't really believe this is God and, 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 and we do exactly what they did and what he did and we don't believe we don't always believe it we don't always believe this book is God himself and that's what God wants them to understand and that's why he comes down the mountain in such a mighty thunderous display of power these are my words believe them And that's what he did. And that's why he thunders. He wants them to know when Moses speaks to you, I'm speaking to you. I want you to believe my word and I want you to lay hold of my... So, so that comes. And then the Bible says the second thing in Exodus 32 is the Bible says between Exodus 19 and 32, we have this communication about the tabernacle and the clothing and the priest. And there's this a lot of stuff in between, but really these hindrance, really these, these incidents are really, really close together. And if you take the verbiage out, then you see that they're, they're really close together. You come to chapter 32 and God calls Moses up to the mountain. And the Bible says that the, God comes down in this thick cloud and God there is giving Moses the commands, the Bible says. He tells him, take, he takes, God cuts out some from the mountain some, some tablets. He cuts out some stone tablets, the Bible says. And all of a sudden, there he takes them and he smooths them out by, and then the finger of God begins to write the word of God on and the law of God on these tablets that there that Moses has. And so all of a sudden, God, he says, he, by the finger of God, the finger. Folks, a lot of people like old things, and some people think, well, just that's just old junk. My dad loves old stuff. He loves antiques, you know. And growing up, a lot of the antiques that I saw, it's like, well, you know, that's that's fine. But you know, everybody doesn't appreciate that, and that's kind of what people do with this, folks. God is there, and you would think that when Moses has these written by the finger of God, that they would treasure this. That you would treasure what's here. You would treasure the law. You would treasure the word of God. And so he takes and writes these things, and God. God is writing the eternal Word of God on these stones. Yes. And what happens? All of a sudden on that mountain, they're having an amazing time. God's writing His eternal law and something happens. God says, you better get down there quick. You better get to the bottom of that mountain because something's happening. You better get down there because the people are turning away from God. And, 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 and so the people are turning from me. And so all of a sudden the Bible says that God, uh, he, he makes this statement in Exodus 32, 10. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them and I will make of thee a great nation. He, God reaches his boiling point because they break the law. 
He reaches his, he turns angry. He gets so angry that he says, I'm going to kill these people. Moses, go down there. I'm going to kill them and I'm going to start all over with you. I'm going to make another nation. God, Moses begins to pacify God and then God says, all right, I'm not going to kill them. But what we see in this thing is that the law produces wrath. The law produces wrath. And that's exactly what happens because you can't keep it. And we're sinners. And the Bible says that we've all come short of the glory of God. And so what do we do? At the new year, we say we're going to start a Bible reading program. We're going to start a plan. And man, I'm going to read the Bible every day. And I'm going to pray every day. And I'm going to study every day. And I'm going to dig into the Word every day. And I'm never going to miss church. And I'm always going to be good to my wife. And I'm never going to do this. And I'm never going to do that. And then about three or four weeks into it, we're riding along good. And all of a sudden, we hit our finger with a hammer. And all of a sudden, curse words start flying everywhere. And what happens? Wrath and condemnation. Right? Because the law condemns when you break it. You've broken it and it brings wrath and judgment. That's what it's supposed to to do. Because you can't... So you get frustrated. All the things that I, that I want to do, I can't do. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Right? And so all of a sudden, that's what's beginning to take place here. It's the law has come and the law condemns. The, and so God is waxing hot in His anger. That means He's reached His boiling point. He says, I'm going to kill him. You better get down there. And the Bible says in verse 15 of chapter 32, and Moses turned, went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides and on one side and on the other they were written. And then look at verse 16. And the tables were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tablets and then verse uh, 17 and when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted he said unto Moses there is a noise in the war of the camp so Moses is coming down Joshua is halfway up the mountain the Bible says when he comes down he's coming down with these new stone tablets with the eternal word written upon the upon these tablets by the very finger of God God. Joshua hears a noise coming down in the camp. He thinks that the people of God are being attacked, the Bible says. And then all of a sudden, he listens more distinctly and clearly and he realizes, no, I hear music and I hear singing. There's a party going on down there. And so all of a sudden, they come down to the bottom of the hill and the, the bottom of the mountain. They see the people of God degrading themselves. They've set up a golden calf. They're partying. They're naked and all of a sudden what happens to Moses when he's up there on that mountain he hasn't had the law the eternal word but just a few moments and just like he saw God wax hot in anger Moses looks at the people and he takes the law that you can't even, he couldn't even keep for a few hours and he breaks it He breaks the law of God. Break, not even a day. And he's broken the law of God, the Bible says. He cast them down. They shatter into a a million pieces. And Moses' anger, verse 19, waxed hot. He cast the tables out of his hand. He broke them beneath the mount. 
hasn't had a law one day and he's breaking it, smashing it. And it's here to tell you in the Bible, you can't keep the word of God one day with your sin nature. Amen. Let me give you another illustration. This is the word of God. It's pure. It's clean. It's holy. And let's call this man. And he's not clean. And he's not pure. And he's not holy. So how is this going to keep this? How how, how is this going to... Well, if I could get a little more of Jesus, if I could read more, if I could study more, if I could pray more. Right? But you pour a little bit of Jesus in there and it doesn't change... It doesn't change it, does it? So how is this going to keep this? It can't. And so, 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 so God's doing something here on this mountain. It's humanly impossible to pour this into that and to get it clean. And so, so I'll get a little more Jesus, pour a little bit into there. And then how can an unholy people keep a holy word? It's seemingly impossible. And that's why God takes the Son and He tells the Son, which is symbolic of this glass, He says, you've got to go down. And if you go down, you are holy and you are right and you are pure and you are clean they are polluted they can't do it they can't keep the word but you can come down you can keep the word of God you can do everything that I ask you to do you can keep it into its entirety you can live out the law perfectly and Jesus equates himself to the word of God he does come down he lives it perfectly he fulfills the way that we need to have fulfilled to get to God by perfectly living the law of God and the Word has now been fulfilled in Jesus Christ eternally. And now how does this affect me? Well, because of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, whosoever believes on Him, He gives eternal life and by the power of the Holy Spirit He comes and He lives inside of you. He comes and lives inside of you. And what is inside of you that is, that is perfect and that is clean, you're still this. Your flesh in your flesh, you're still all of this. But in Christ, inside of you, the hope of glory, He is inside of you and has fulfilled the law of God entirely and perfectly on behalf of us. He's given us a way back to God and the Word has been fulfilled in Christ. And in the flesh, we still have weakness. We still have failings. We still sin from time to time. We still stumble. And that's why we repent. That's why we come to forgiveness. But it doesn't change the fact that when righteousness of God is what resides in us and makes us clean folks it's this living on the inside of me that is perfected and clean and right and holy amen and so let's close out with the last example in Exodus 33 And folks, that's what you have. The living Word of God inside of you. The living Word of God inside of you. And and living inside of you. Uh, And and it's absolutely profound. 
and, and living on the inside. So Exodus 33, we'll close with this. Moses is going back up to the top of the mountain and God is going to reveal the glory of the new covenant. And Moses says, if I've found grace in your eyes in verse 9, then show me your glory. God says, I can't because you're a sinner and you won't survive, Moses. I can't show you my glory and you live. And so, so all of a sudden, uh, he, he says, he says uh, but I tell you what I'll do. He says, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll pass by you. I'll lift my hand and you'll see the afterglow of my glory. So God says, cut out some more stone. Come up here with the new stones. I'll ride on them again. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And then this is so critical that you see this because this, this is the revelation of the new covenant. And look at what he says in chapter 34, verse 5. And the Lord... Lord descended. He's got the new tablets again written on stone. And the Bible says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving the iniquity and the transgression of sin. The day or two prior, he's up there, he's breaking all of these things. He's seeing the anger of God when we break the law of God now he's back up the mountain God is revealing what he's going to do as he develops this out for mankind that the law is so holy and he says I'm going to come to you and I'm going but I'm going to come to you this way but then I'm going to come to you again and I'm going to be full of mercy full of forgiveness towards you and, I, and, I'm, and I'm going to forgive your iniquity and what iniquity means is the lowest degradation that you can get to it means in the Hebrew going down to the very depths. Has anybody ever gone down to the very dregs of sin? The very depths of sin where you're at a place and you say, I'm so low that even God couldn't pick me up. And that's what the Word is saying here. That's what God is revealing in this covenant. Now that Christ is the eternal Word, now that Christ has fulfilled the law perfectly, now that Christ lives inside of you, now, now I'm going to be satisfied and pleased that the covenant has been uh, fulfilled and now I'm going to pursue you in the new covenant. I'm going to have my son come die on the cross. He's going to pay the sin debt. He's going to fulfill the law perfectly. He's going to keep my word eternally. And I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to be gracious to you. I'm going to be merciful to you. I'm going to be long-suffering towards you. And I, when you're at your lowest degrading moment, when you're in the very depths of sin, I'm going to come to you. And if you'll let me, I'm going to save you. will save you. And God says at the very depths, He comes to the very depths to save one person in this room. He says, I'll forgive your transgression. Transgression is rebellion. It's anyone who rebels against God, rebels against their parents, rebels against governments. And, and, and folks, there's a lot of good people out here that are, that are great people that we see. But they're missing the mark, and that's what this means, missing the mark. If they don't know Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how great they seem, they're missing the mark, and they're falling short of the glory of God, and hell awaits them. 
This, to, to perish apart from Christ is, is eternal damnation. And, but, but God, that's what He's coming to show us in every one of these covenants is that I'm coming because I want to come with my grace. I want to come with my love. I want to come with my mercy. I want to come with my life. And I want to give you something. I want to take the sins from Adam forward. And I want to put them under the blood of my Son. And I want to extend to you and cover you with grace like I did in the Noah covenant like I showed you. I'm going to cover your sins and I'm going to forgive you. And verse 8 says, And Moses made haste and he bowed his head toward the earth and he worshipped. Because see, one day he comes down and he sees the anger of God and he sees the wrath of the law. And another day now he comes down and he sees the revelation of the covenant that Christ is going to come and fulfill. And he comes down and he sees the long suffering, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the eternal word of God being established that, hey, whosoever will, let him call on the name of the Lord and he can be saved. Though my sins be as scarlet, I'll wash them whiter than snow. Wait, that's in your book God and it's eternally secure forever so God I believe that and I want that and I bow on my knees and I say God forgive me and let me come into your kingdom come and live inside of me with your holiness and with your purity and with your perfection live in me amen and so one day God's angry because of the word and the word being broken and then one day he comes down in his mercy. And the mercy causes us to worship. Worship. And I often wonder sometimes when we, when we see, I know I've been there where the word's constantly condemning. And, I, and I'm constantly beating myself up and I'm constantly turning back to the works of the Adamic covenant and, and, and falling up under this, this, this condemnation time after time after again, trying to pick myself up by the bootstraps, making empty vows and promises that I can't keep. And then I come to the new covenant and all of a sudden in Christ... And in Christ in me now is the hope of glory. Christ in me changing me. Christ in me moving in me. Christ in me writing the laws on the tablet of my heart. Christ in me breathing His Spirit into me so that I can live a holy life that I couldn't live before and obey the commandments and they're not grievous. Oh, Christ in me now filling me with the Spirit, sending the Spirit of God, living me in me as prophet, as priest, as king, fulfilling the covenant and, and all the demands hands of the Father for me and now me living in the mercy of God and it turns me into a worshiper to say, oh God, only you can do this. Oh God, only you can do this. And it causes me to worship Him. Amen? Hallelujah. And so we come in this Mosaic covenant and we see the new covenant glory that not just... And here's what Moses comes down from that mountain with. He comes down and I close. He comes down with his face shining. I mean, 2 Corinthians tells us his face is shining. He has to veil it. They can't, Peter, they can't even look on it. It's so bright, this glory of this covenant, of this mercy that's revealed here that Moses comes down. And it's just a foreshadowing because the Bible says the new covenant glory is not just on your face, but it's in your life. 
It's not just shining on our faces. It's shining out of our lives. Oh, folks, if you get it, you'd be a lot more happier. It's Christ in you. It's an eternal glory that's in us radiating from our lives that other people can see this aroma of Christ when we witness to people. This this lingering fragrance of the One who lives in us now, moves in us, and has His being in us. And the same glory uh, of Christ that was on Moses resides in us now. And it declares us to be saved. It declares us to be righteous. It declares us to be healed. It declares us to be restored. And it declares us to be redeemed. Are you righteous, restored, and redeemed because of anything that was in you? If I take this out of you, are you holy? Are you saved? Are you redeemed? Are you pure? But if Christ is in you, and has met all the demands of the Father, and you put your hope and your trust and your faith and you believe in Him. You repent of your sins, turn from your wicked ways, call on Him, believe in Him, receive Him. He'll come into your life and live in you. And the Bible said we're going to see in the new covenant in the next few weeks, I'll take the old heart out of you of stone and I'll put, I'll put in you a heart of flesh I'll write my commands on the tables of my heart. I'll fill you with my spirit. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and my ways. I'll cause you to be a new creation. I'll cause you to to live. Brad, you used to couldn't do this. I'll cause you to do this by my spirit. Hallelujah. And it's all because of faith and the finished work of Christ. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, that through these covenants, God, you have put us back in fellowship with Almighty God. God, thank you for the eternal Word of God. Lord, I thank you for the role of apostle. I thank you for the role of prophet. Lord, I wasn't making fun of prophets earlier, but we had a lot of chaos and confusion going on in this world. We need the apostles. We need prophets. We need pastors. We need evangelists. We need teachers. We need the five-fold ministry, God, for the perfecting and the equipping and the maturing of the saints. But God, we need Your Word. And God, we are thankful that in these last days, Your Son speaks to us so clearly. And He is the Word, the eternal Word that cannot pass away that is secure and steadfast and we can always come to Him anytime and know that these promises are secure, that they're yes and amen in Him. And Lord, we, we need to get into the book. We need to get into the book, God. And we need to read the pages of Scripture and have this, the, 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 the covenants come alive. Have Jesus come alive. Lord, uh, the, they, they, they speak of Him. 
and to cause Him to come off the pages and to have this living relationship to walk with you in the cool of the day like Adam walked with you in the garden. To fellowship with you. To know, God, that the second Adam has, has fulfilled his end of the bargain for the human race and that in Him, we now, we now have fellowship with you eternally. We now have everlasting life. We now have everlasting joy. We now have everlasting peace. We now have everlasting hope. We now... God have all the covenant promises God coming to us God we are so grateful that he bled and he died and he fulfilled the promises and inherited the new testament the new covenant in his blood God we're so grateful for our Christ who moved out of that earthly tabernacle God and came and dwelled where he always wanted to dwell inside of us God inside of these earthen vessels we are living stones he is the cornerstone, the temple of God. And all of us are being laid on that, that cornerstone that's so perfect, that foundation that's so level and laid just right or the house would fall, but it's laid perfectly there. And now we living stones are being built up into a spiritual house. Oh God, it's all because of you and your promises and your faithfulness and your covenant and your son who was faithful to do everything and to keep everything on our behalf. All of the blood of Jesus. Oh, oh, we worship the Son. We worship Jesus for His mercy today. God, we thank You for this eternal covenant, God, and we praise You, Lord, in Jesus' holy name.